0: This is the MyExcel Online Podcast, episode number seven.
1: Cleansing data, that is like Hercules being sent out to capture that three-headed dog that guards the entrance to hell. Welcome to the My Excel Online Podcast, the need-to-know Excel insights, knowledge, and tips brought to you by the experts
0: that know them best. Are you ready to explore your full potential and get better at Excel? It's time to stand out from the crowd with your host, John Mikoludis. Good guys, and welcome to the Microsoft Online podcast with your host, John Michaloudis. In today's episode, we have an Excel guru who is an expert in data analysis and cleansing. He's worked with data and Excel for more than 10 years, including time spent as a financial analyst. He's been a Microsoft MVP since the start of this year, and is a co-host of Excel TV. He's a leading author on the revised version of Guerrilla Data Analysis, a book originally written by Mr. Excel, Bill Jalen, in 2002. He teaches Excel workshops and consults clients who have small businesses with no IT team or sophisticated data management systems. Let's welcome from Portland, Oregon, Mr. Oz du Soleil.
1: Hey there, John. All right. This is good. This is
0: good. Glad to be here. Cheers, buddy. Welcome. That's that's a big intro, yeah? Yeah. Good stuff. All right. I've told our listeners a little bit about your background. Now, tell us more about yourself personally and how you got to become an Excel expert.
1: I just moved to Portland, Oregon back last August. Um, I was in Chicago off and on from uh, 91 to, yeah, summer 2014. Got my bachelor's in philosophy. And that's interesting because when I look back, I took more decision theory and logic courses than I took, you know, learning about Descartes and Plato and all. I, I hated that part. I loved the logic. And that, that served me well in working with Excel. So let's see. So, yeah, I got my BA in philosophy, studied two years of Russian language. No kids, never been married, no interest. I'm just lucky uh, a lucky man.
0: You're a lucky man. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm
1: I saw in, um, in Wyoming when I was driving here. (laughs) Yeah. uh, But where did Excel come from? Excel started. I was working in a call center and I hated it. I hated that this data would show up on my chair. It seemed like they would wait for me to go to bathroom or go to lunch, put this paper on my chair You're not answering enough calls. Your (laughs) calls are too long.
0: You're taking too many naps. (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, all it. You know, so I said, "Man, wow, you know, I can complain. I can go plead and show them how I'm working so hard." No, so I had to get data. That's that was my instinct. So for a week. I tracked everything I did. And then I saw at the end of the week, I saw certain categories where I could break down the calls that I took and calls that I had to make and people I had to go and see, reasons why. Um, Then I made some half-assed charts that were all of the no-nos about uh, making visuals. But what came out of that was I saw that the higher-ups listened. They paid attention. And had I been some complainer, you know, those sheets on my chair would have just kept coming. So that's when I saw the power of working with data. And I saw the uh, eventual joy in working with Excel because my supervisor saw that I had an analytical mind. I had the initiative because I was tracking all this data on my own. So I wound up getting moved into different roles. I wound up being a commissions analyst. And that is where I started getting my passion about data quality because I didn't know about a VLOOKUP. I just started to know this data's messed up and I can see duplicates. How can I write some formula to help me find the duplicates? And it was all in service of helping these customers whose careers were derailed because of bad data. Mm-hmm. So I got a lot of skill working with that, learning about working with data dumps, learning where you can and can't trust canned reports. Then after a layoff in 08, I started freelancing. And that's when I really got broad view of how people use Excel. Man, a financial planner. right? Yeah. So he says, OK, so you come into his office and you've got a portfolio of Twenty stocks. He's got to look those up one at a time to find their value. And then you say, okay, you bought Nike back in 2008, like January, 2008. He's got to look all that stuff up one at a time. Then you say you got Ford and whatever. So he had me build him a tool in Excel where you could put your stock ticker symbols and approximate date when you bought them. And the tool I built will go retrieve all of those at the push of a button.
0: Uh Uh-huh. interesting.
1: Yeah, so that was one example of somebody's use for Excel that went beyond straight business, taxes, inventory levels.
0: And you saw the power within Excel that this tool can actually bring that data out and analyze it and make some sense.
1: Yes, yes. But the big thing for him was how long would it have taken him to look up 20 stocks and their approximate date of purchase and
0: the price that they closed on that date? Probably one at a time. Yeah, five minutes or three minutes uh, a stock or…
1: Something, but it, it certainly wasn't the push of one button once you load all of the stock ticker symbols and dates in. So he's looking at hours during a day that he could save if he's going through that with more than one client a day. jeez. But, yeah, that's been some of the really exciting stuff that I've, I've learned is doable with Excel and has helped me to get an idea of the wide range of need around data
0: cool cool and it drives you doesn't it because you see what you can do and you think wow if i can do it for this guy i can do it with other information and your mind just ticks it gets on thinking and then you don't go to sleep and you're thinking wow i can do this or i can do that and that's when the real power of um, excel that's when excel eats you doesn't it it consumes you
1: yes yes
0: it's exciting it's exciting Yes.
1: yes it is and and if you if you let your mind go, man, it, it's a beautiful thing.
0: You can do whatever you want. You can do so many different things. It's not just use VLOOKUP and conditional formatting. No, you can do a lot of different scenarios or permutations for that one for that one result. And that's the coolest thing about Excel is. And if you know the different scenarios and different tools within Excel, man, you're never going to go to sleep, are you? If you love it, <laughs> yeah, if you love it, yeah. And you find that the first 90% are easy in getting the product out. And the last 10%, you're always, you know, trying to make it a little bit better. You're always trying to improve and you're like, that 10% may take you four hours. The first 90% might take you one hour, yeah?
1: And of course, it depends on the project because I'm dealing with something now that has got a lot of different pieces to it. And the pieces work now it's got to be a seamless process yeah and now all the details and testing the scenarios and you fix something and break something else <laughs> and this is where it gets nuts is like you know these five pieces are working individually <laughs> you know <laughs>
0: Sometimes you gotta you gotta stand back and say, Hey, let me come back tomorrow and finish it. Because you you just get consumed. You get so consumed into it that you're just missing that little thing and you're not seeing it. You're not seeing it. You gotta step back. You gotta step back. And
1: that that's an exciting thing. And I have blogged about this a couple times. But sometimes you just have to go get a cigar and go in the backyard, be away from the computer and just be.
0: That's right. Or have a glass of wine or whatever. And yes. yeah. Yes. Recharge the brain, good stuff. Now you said about your blog. it's called datascopic.net and um, I've been on it and you've got some weird and wonderful blog posts. Tell us a little bit about about the blog and you know what what's on there.
1: Well, I'm curious what you say is weird and wonderful.
0: Well the pictures for what? The headings, the headings just you get a, they've got double meanings and they're fantastic. I like them and there you just yeah it's just deep and meaningful it's just a different way of writing a blog post which is awesome because these days everyone just writes blog posts explaining things but um yeah you go you go into it in um just a different mindset
1: it started out as i just need a web presence so i put up a web page and then i started doing typical excel tutorials yeah but then I realized that for, for you to stay on Google, you have to consistently update your website. OK, I could not consistently write, here is lookup again. Here is some product again. And then I started thinking about what does, you know, working with clients and teaching. Then I start to hear their concerns and I see what they're doing and I see this person doesn't need some product. This person needs to lay out this spreadsheet better. Constantly I see that your problem is layout. Yeah. Now sweep all this stuff together and think about input, storage, output. Don't think October, November, December, our salesperson Joe, salesperson Sally, salesperson Raymond. No, that is called storage. Now you input A field that says salesperson, Raymond, October, put that stuff all in one place. That's what they needed. And then learning what it took to be a good analyst, not being scared when you get called in and somebody's questioning your numbers. That's where I got passionate. Was okay, so you have all the skill, but then you get called into the controller's office and start about. Well, about I, I, I thought, I thought i a. Well, I don't know. I was like that when I when I
0: first started out. I was like that, and they, they used to ask me, uh, "How can this number be right?" I go, "It's it's on the paper. It has to be right." Without checking, I was that busy getting the information out that you don't have time to check whether there's an error or not, or other issues that may arise.
1: Yeah. And this is where I got excited about my blog. And what I wanted to focus on was Excel is a tool. Yep. And what are you trying to do? You're trying to pay commissions, right? You're trying to apply for a grant for your nonprofit. That's what you're trying to do. And if you have to just, Add up sales and add them up this way and add them up that way because you don't know pivot tables. Then do that. But at least when you've got all of your data together, check that data quality. That's what's missing. And that's where I've gotten excited about blogging and saying Excel is a tool in service of what get clear on what what is and then check all of the data quality do you have everything you need do you need to go ask somebody questions do you need to dedupe all of that i decided to have more fun because i get excited about excel and data i'm remembering when i used to put that mask on for fencing you know and grab my foil and then you know waiting for the for the judge to say Ale, and then Shh, it's time <laughs> you know so That's when I think about like data cleansing and my blog post about capturing Cerberus because cleansing data, that is like Hercules being sent out to capture that three-headed dog that guards the entrance to hell.
0: (laughs) That's a great analogy. And on that, and I see you're passionate, man. I love it. Now, data analysis and data cleansing. Okay. What is it for, for those people who haven't heard that term before? Data cleansing.
1: Okay. Data cleansing. This is the dirty work. See, when data analysis, analysis can be a lot of things and data cleansing is a part of analysis, but typically analysis would be something like this product line isn't doing so well. You know, you've got all of your data And now you got to decide whether you want to continue the product line, try something else, end it. Um, What are the forecasts around it? But somebody had to clean the data in order to get you there. See, and this is a concern I've got about all of this. This is like this juicy, sexy stuff around being able to predict the future. But who cleaned the data?
0: And how do you clean the data?
1: Right. And how do you? And so this is where I want to have new people start to think about, Okay, I've got all of this data. Where did it come from? Did it come from a source where I can trust was here? Or can I anticipate that there are duplicates that need to be cleaned out? Now we're talking about the data cleansing part is so now you've got data from three sources. You need to divide it up by countries. And one source has country codes that need to be converted. Yep. Another source has country names spelled out. And then the other one has the French version of the country names. So Etats et Unis needs to be turned into United States or vice versa. That is the data cleansing that you gotta bring all of this stuff together so that you can then see the quality of it once it's all together so that then you can get to the juicy part
0: so the cleansing is done within excel or is it done before it gets to excel in the erp systems
1: it depends on the individual process and you might be able to get data from source a that is clean and trustworthy has been deduped wherever it came from but then there's this other just you know data dump that somebody's you and then it had to be cleaned up in Excel if that's the tool you're working in. All
0: right. And a scenario with data cleansing, what, what would you use? What, what, what feature within Excel would you use to, to cleanse data?
1: Okay. One thing would be the duplicate finder in conditional formatting. Sure. Good. That would be one thing because you can get Excel to highlight duplicates for you.
0: You see your data is all wrong. And you see there's duplicates, yeah? You can see by you know, but you can see that only the first twenty rows, but then you've got a thousand rows. So by using the conditional formatting to find duplicates, you can actually highlight those duplicates in a color, correct? Yep. And then after you can sort it by color and delete those duplicates, correct?
1: Yep. Yep, you can do that. And then I'll tell you one other thing in Power Query, there is something called unpivot. Yeah, this is beautiful. This is where we talk about, say, data shaping, because, say, you have all of your clean data, but and I've got a video about about uh, using Unpivot and it's around area codes and Canadian provinces. And supposing you need a province column, but you have a column column for each individual province. Now, you can move that around, write some formulas or whatever to get yourself nice, clean uh, columns and rows, but Power Queries unpivot will do it instantly.
0: And then when it unpivots it, it puts it into a tabular format, correct? So it puts it all in a, a unique column name.
1: Yes, yes, yes. So instead of having whatever, Saskatchewan, Ontario, whatever as a column, those, as
0: a column name, yeah,
1: right. Individual column names. Yeah, you'll, you'll have one column that just says province, and then the roles.
0: For That's each. right, province. And I see that every day, you know, working with, with Excel when I used to work here. Yeah, that you get you get the, the data that comes in, and it could be that regions, and also I see a lot of months, and mm-hmm. people try to do a pivot table with months. A column name, January, is the first column name. The second one is February and March and so on. And that is not the way that you should have your data to analyze analyze it in in a pivot table. So by unpivoting, it gets those column names and it puts it into the rows. And the column name is not called January, it's called month.
1: Right. Uh, Whatever you need and just... Thinking, you know, getting people to to think that way, getting new analysts to think about this is intuitive to set up a report like that. But what happens is you wind up with just one view. You wind up with the month view or the province view. But now what if you want the view that's instead of month, it's by shirt color. Well, if you got to dig it out and you got all these month columns, man, you got to write a lot of fragile formulas.
0: Yeah, and Power Query will help you with that. But the issue, yes. with, the issue that I see is with all these external data sources, ERP systems. When it comes in, it comes in in that shitty view, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And you know, yes. these are sophisticated systems, and companies pay a lot of money every year, and they should at least have the option to download the data in a tabular format. And they don't do that, and they don't do that. And that's where Excel comes in with Power Query, where he cleans all that data with a couple of clicks or a button, and, you know, you can go and spend time analyzing rather than manipulating the data to the way that you want it to look like.
1: Yeah, and I feel like that that needs to be more of a conversation about this data cleansing and the tools that are available for data cleansing because analysis gets so much attention. And here's one thing um, I'll share with you is I talked with a reporter because um, Chicago public school systems, they're always talking about needing to close schools and uh, scores are bad and just all kind of, kind of mayhem. And This journalist was interested in, well, let's see the data. And they are bound by law to provide it, but they provide it in the crappiest way. Yeah, And so the true analysis can't start until you have somebody with the skill to merge, purge, cleanse, normalize. Audit. Yep, audit, all of that. And so now you have this, um, this journalist who she got what she asked for, and it could have been deliberately turned over as a mess. And so this is so important that people learn about thinking about data quality and understanding how to cleanse this stuff. And especially when you got somebody that say, yeah, you can have the data, but I'm going to send it to you in a PDF.
0: <laughs> oh, damn.
1: Uh,
0: uh, Well, well, there's tools out there that can convert PDF to Excel. There's um, different tools that you can do that now. But, you know, I don't trust the data that comes to me. When I used to work in different companies, there's a lot of data and I don't trust the quality of the data because you're talking about big companies, multi-billion dollar companies. Imagine how much of accuracy is lost in each company. So they're reporting... Profits of 150 million, but I, I'm sure that there's another 20 million or whatever that's just missing or wrong because of that data quality issue. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I wonder if you would say more about your perspective and and what you've seen and what what leads you to say that.
0: Well, because companies are massive, big mammoths. They have 300 thousand. Employees, they have, you know, hundreds of different businesses, different IT systems. People come and go. Some people don't really want to be there, but they're there because, you know, they're getting paid. And you know, the IT people, are they doing the checks? I'm not confident that these guys, you know, know what they're doing. You know, they're putting all the processes in there. Okay, the data's coming down, but who's checking that data against the source? Who is checking that? Who's doing some checks to see whether or not you're within the range of, of having, having good data? And I, I see it, man. It's just one company. Yeah. Imagine there's millions of companies out there. I see it in one company. There's just billions, billions of yeah. dollars lost or gained through bad data dumping or cleansing or whatever you want to call it.
1: And this, see, we're getting into the, to the, book that I'm writing now, Full Contact Data Management, because that's where I talk more about that kind of stuff. Guerrilla data analysis is the more technical, get in, get out. You want to know what a pivot table is, you don't want to know about uh, tables or some product. Okay, here it is. But Full Contact Data Management gets more into this, things like data is never clean. Deciding when clean enough has been reached because you can fiddle with this stuff until your life goes away. But what do you gain after a certain point? I've had experiences where we sit down on a data cleansing project and realize it's getting dirtier, it's getting dirtied faster than we can clean it.
0: Yeah. And also the users, the people that are trying to clean the data These guys are not Excel experts. You know, they're thrown in the deep end in most situations. And, man, I feel sorry for companies that don't spend money on teaching employees and and making them better at Excel.
1: Yeah. Wow. But, you know, one thing that, that I'm getting is that a lot of people who use Excel, their title is something else. If you know SQL really well, that's your profession. You go to SQL conferences and everything else. But if you're a grant writer or a customer service rep or a project manager, you know, project manager is probably not thinking about, I need to master Excel. They're thinking about being a better project manager. True. You know, how do you get the most out of people? How do you keep a a project moving forward? How do you set benchmarks that would be more like what they're doing? But then, yeah, who's thinking about data quality? Nobody until a customer calls in complaining about something. But I'll tell you, going back to my early days, customers consistently complained about certain things. And I finally got mad. And I started when say what happened? This didn't get reported. This didn't get sent out. What's going on? And the people would look at me and say, I did what I was supposed to do. But I would go deeper and found out, yes, everybody did what they were supposed to do. The data's messed up. Wow. This person has four profiles in the system and the address is tied to this one. And the stuff that was reported was sprinkled between the other three. And that's what happened. So now how can I dig in there and clean this up? And then you run into the issues of, okay, the report that was sent to this person, that didn't see the four profiles. What is it gonna take to clean this up? Well, we got an expensive consultant that you can't get the department head to pay for. So my next move was with processes that I owned. I said, don't send me that report anymore, send me a data dump. I will clean the data dump and get this stuff right. But my title was customer service rep.
0: No, data dump analyst.
1: Right, exactly. So that was not my job. And I stayed on the edge of being in trouble because my real job was answering the phones or whatever. It was not solving problems that is seen as IT, but this is too small for IT. So, so that's where I feel like cowboy, guerrilla data analyst, because you got you to gotta fight. Yeah.
0: You You got to fight for the right to have some clean data, yeah? Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, All right. I can talk with you, man, for the next hour. So this is interesting stuff. I like it. And we'll talk about your book shortly. But tell us, what's the weirdest thing you've seen done or you've done yourself using Excel?
1: I can go off onto some kind of tangent about what is, what is defined by weird. But let me offer Minda Tracy. Her template for designing her son's birthday cake.
0: Uh Aha.
1: Yes. Yes. You can download that. You can see her blog post on that. And then there's Sylvia Yuhas adding sound effects in Excel. If numbers are low, you get wah, wah, wah.
0: <laughs> I heard about it, but I haven't seen it. And now I'm going to get on to that. And I'm going to get on to that. I'm going to put that on the show notes as well. I'm gonna, I heard a lot about it.
1: Then I want to add what I did because, you know, I'm a musician. I play bass. And I need visual, okay? And I analyzed the song by Primus. And one of the things I did was Les Claypool in Pressman. His bass line sits kind of odd in the song because his main note starts on the and of four instead of one. And I was able to use Excel to show the 16th note grid of the music and highlight where his bass line sits in that 16th note grid.
0: Wow. Wow. Wow, and do you have that? Because um, I, well, I'm not a technical musician. I love music, and I kind of get an idea, but I need to see this. Where do you have? What do you have? This?
1: That is on my YouTube channel.
0: We'll put the link on the show notes, man. Awesome stuff. Yeah. You can do look when you're bored. You can do lots of stuff with Excel. Correct.
1: Oh man, you know some. I'll tell you. I just did a cussing calculator. I don't know if you saw that video. What?
0: No, which one? I ate? cussing.
1: Uh, cussing. He was saying bad words.
0: Okay, got cursing. Yeah, cursing Cur- yeah. cursing man. <laughs> cursing. Speak English.
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a calculator where I said, uh, my kids have been cussing. That's the title of the video. Where I say, Okay, I heard my kid. She said F S S B S and there's points. So F has more points against it than saying D or G, okay? (laughs) And so, the kids are adding up points, right? But then there is a multiplier for context. So if it was necessary or understandable, it doesn't get as high of a multiplier as just being foul-mouthed. Wow,
0: That's weird stuff, man. That's cool. And do you have that, yeah? you Are going to share it with us? Oh, yeah. yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Cool stuff. All right, Oz, you've got a book. It's called Guerrilla Data Analysis, and it was first written in 2002 by Bill Jelen, and you've added some more information there. You've added your spin into data analysis and data cleansing, and I've read it, and it's a, it's a quick read. It's, it's a good read, and tell us. Why did you decide to create this book?
1: Well, I was communicating with Bill, and he asked me to do it. He said that it had been written in 2002. It was the first book he had ever written, and he said it sorely needed to be updated. And we were talking back and forth, and I said, yeah, I, c- I can update that. And I loved it when I got it, because it was that get in, get out a lot of the people that I'm surrounded with as clients and as students, they aren't trying to master Excel. They want to get in and get out. So there are a lot of things that hadn't changed since 2002, but I updated some of the examples because in 2002, it was still important to say something like about the Lotus one, two, three version or mainframe data. So I, took it and I also expanded beyond just business and did talk about nonprofits and retail and and regular home uses of Excel in the examples. So that's a lot of what went into it. And then I felt it was important to add things like dynamic development, you know, because again, that is where things fall down is you have all of your formulas and all of the data everywhere. But then still, new data means being put in three different places. And if you forget most three or put it in the wrong place, then your data is a mess again. So I felt it important to add that in and add a part for spreadsheet layout. So I went a little beyond just straight from functions and features.
0: Awesome. Now, I've, I read the book uh, this week, and and for me, it's for a beginner to intermediate person, isn't it? Someone that's thrown in the deep end, that's used Excel for maybe a year or two, maybe five years, but doesn't know the full potential of Excel. And now they've got this job, and they've got to analyze data, and they're like, wow, how do I learn the best features within Excel? And this book here talks about those features within Excel that you need to learn to become a good Data analyst. And I read a quote here, which you got here. There are a lot of people who are in data driven roles, but don't have a data background. They aren't sure what Excel can really do, but spreadsheets keep showing up in the ring boxes. That just sums up this book, doesn't it? In that, in that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of scenarios, isn't it? You get a promotion. As you said before, you haven't used Excel before you use it a little bit and then you get this promotion and you got to become a data analyst don't you even though you're not called data analyst you're called a marketing guru
1: right yes 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 exactly exactly wow yeah yeah you you sum it up very well i, I appreciate that and that that is the person i kept having in mind as i went forward with the writing you know i have a friend who got his master's degree in marketing and the data is already clean by the time they get it to the classroom. He can pick it up once it's clean. But then there's also the problem of the university has all of this fancy, expensive analysis tools available to them. And then you go out and get a job at your 15-person company. They don't have these things. So now my friend is doubly hurt. He doesn't know Excel. He knows the fancy stuff that this 15-person firm can't afford. And he doesn't know about data cleansing. So it's for people like him.
0: Another quote here, which I like, good analysts own the mistakes and fight to get better. Bad analysts end up as examples of what to do to get better.
1: Because you got to dig. And this is where it's beyond knowing the functions and features, getting up off your ass and asking questions. Why didn't this happen? Why did this happen? These numbers don't match up. What's going on? You know, and there was one time, um, you know, my numbers aren't working. So then I contact somebody who generated the report. He says, Oh, okay, that version of the report takes into account revenue shares. This version of it does not. And so, depending on what you're trying to do, you got to get the right report. And it was an instance where I had the wrong one. It had the revenue share taken out. And so when I use that, and then, of course, my numbers don't add up. Telling people to slow down. okay? they want something now. And I have to say, look, I give you something now is going to be full of all these duplicates and weird stuff and questions that I can't answer. And I feel like a good analyst when they have questions that they can't answer. They can say, I don't know, but I am aware that there is a question here and I'm looking into it. They gave me crap data. What am I supposed to do with that? No, 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 no. That's somebody collecting a paycheck. That's not a good analyst.
0: We've been there and, you know, I started off like that and then I thought, okay, i I've got to really, really become good because if not, you're just going to get fired. So, um, you know, I want to be better than the next person and I thought, how can I become better than the next person? I knew that Excel will help me out and I learned it inside out and all the reports that I was doing, I made sure that I checked them and they were perfect. And let's see, you got to have a bit of a, a conscientious mind, don't you, when you, when you're yes. doing your work. If not, you're going to get eaten
1: alive. You know, because we're still human beings, you know, and, and we do make mistakes. And a friend explained to me, he said, if I tried to hide it, if I tried to shift the blame, that's when an analyst gets in trouble. Making a mistake, you don't get in trouble. It's embarrassing.
0: If you can own up to it, if you can have the courage and say, hey, I made a mistake, uh, you learn from it. And um, I think that's what every analyst should um, aspire to. Okay, you, you're going to make mistakes. I have, you have. If you don't get fired for that mistake, well, learn from it. Learn from. Learn. If you do get fired, well, you're going to learn from it, aren't you? And um, yeah. now,
1: consistent mistakes. That's that, an idiot. Yeah, that's a separate
0: thing. That's George yeah. Bush. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I agree with you there. I agree. With-
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go on to a couple of topics about this book, which I liked. And i just talk about them, yeah? just I'm not going to go into detail because I wouldn't be here for, you know, into the early hours of the morning. All right, now, using conditional formatting to make deadline alerts and finding duplicates. I like that. Linking between workbooks and worksheets and what to watch out for. And that's important for a data analyst. Using the advanced filter. That's a cool trick. Using consolidate. That's awesome. And also using subtotal, which I never used before. And I, because it was on the corner of my eye, I could see it there, but uh, you know, no one's taught me or I never had to use it. I always used pivot tables to get subtotals. But you can actually use the subtotal feature to get some cool subtotals in your data set. Also, matching lists of data with the match function. So you're matching two lists and using the match function. I use it all the time. And that's an awesome function to use. I also like the frequency distribution function. I've never used that and that's awesome. And finally, the last part of the book, you got some down and dirty tips and insights into Excel, useful Excel functions, troubleshooting in Excel, and also spreadsheet layout and development which is what what you added there, and some keyboard shortcuts, which every analyst should have. So that, you know, the last, the last part of the book is awesome because it just analyzes all these different things that a data analyst should have. It's just, you know, from five, six different Excel features that you need to know.
1: Yeah, those last parts really were, I thought, were important to add because it's, Again, seeing people have know the functions and sometimes not having an idea about a function and not a context for it. You say this is obviously a VLOOKUP. Well, not for them. They've heard of VLOOKUP. Somebody might have done a VLOOKUP forum once. But now how can we paint a context around it so that they can begin to smell a VLOOKUP scenario or pivot table scenario? thinking forward enough to where they are thinking about how they're going to lay out this spreadsheet, you know, and not just try to go straight to an answer that they need now, but then next week they want a different answer and they don't know how to get it out.
0: Okay. Awesome stuff, man. Um, all right. Now, how, how can our listeners get a hold of this awesome book?
1: That is... Available, you can uh, click on my website, on my homepage, datascopic.net. You can click there, and it's also available at amazon.com.
0: Awesome. All right, guys, so you can find the links to this book by visiting the show notes on myexcelonline.com slash podcast. All right, let's take a short break, and we'll be back with Oz's favorite Excel tips. Can you analyze this spreadsheet using Excel pivot tables? Sure. If you can show me how to. Introducing the Extreme Pivot Table online course, which teaches you how to analyze business data and highlight key metrics so that you can make insightful business decisions, create interactive analytical dashboards that will reach top management, and set you apart from your peers, which will make you more important and increase your chances of a promotion or pay rise.
1: Developed over 15 years through extensive professional use and including real business case studies is the ultimate pivot table course. With over
0: 200 short downloadable video tutorials accessible online anywhere 24-7, 12 month personal support if you ever get stuck and a 30 day money back guarantee. Visit MyExcelOnline.com
1: today and give your professional development the boost it deserves.
0: Okay, we're back with Oz's Excel Favorites. Okay, Oz, what's your favorite keyboard shortcut and what does it do? I'm going to tell you,
1: I've written about this. I don't use many shortcuts. (laughs) I use Control-C, Control-V, just a few. And, you know, I'm a mouse guy, you know? And thing for me is when I would use a lot of other softwares, like my music editing software that's got keyboard shortcuts and I don't want to mess around. And you know, this one keyboard shortcut for changing your time signature is the same thing that is the shortcut for bolding in Excel. I, you know, and also I am slow and deliberate. I use a lot of helper columns Most of my projects, they involve things I've never done before, so I have to think about how in the hell am I going to get this done? I've not done much with keyboard shortcuts, and I've stopped apologizing for that.
0: Now you don't have to apologize, man, because I I use about five, and um, you know, or every day. And then, as you said, to the shortcut to pull to time stamp the date, you know how many times you're going to use that, and to bold, I use the the um, the mouse, so you don't really have to know everything off by heart. But if you can use between two to five, mm-hmm. it's better than um, using nothing. And um, Control C, Control V, Control Z. You know, they're, up yeah. they're up there. They're up there. They're 80% of what you're doing.
1: Yeah. I see some people who are blazing fast. You know. The
0: uh, the financial model is the, 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 the model off. yeah, those guys.
1: Yeah, model, yeah, yeah. They're fast. That competition is timed. So, yeah, so they've got to be fast. My friend George Gilmer in Chicago, fast. Al Chin of our Key Cuts, he teaches a keyboard course at universities in New York City. But, you know, for somebody like me that is real gorilla use of Excel, I got to sit down in the corner of a storefront where the glass is broken and there's dust everywhere because the apocalypse happened two weeks ago. I got to sit and think, you know, and then I'm going to go out very methodically. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, if you're analyzing data, it's not about pace, is it? It's not about pace, it's not a race. You gotta sit back, think about it, and then bang, and act upon it, yeah?
1: Yeah, that's my approach, and and we all have our own styles. And you have the people who go straight to VBA when there's some function that exists and they have their reasons for it, whatever. We're about trying to get some stuff done with the tools we have.
0: Awesome, good stuff. All right, next question.
1: What's your favorite Excel tip? For somebody who is learning, I say play, play with it. You learn about a new function or a new feature, play with it. See if it belongs in your arsenal or how it can fit in your arsenal. Build little dumb things. You know, this cussing calculator, it was just some little dumb thing that got me more familiar with array formulas, you know, thinking about some use that um probably nobody will ever use but this again comes from um, you know studying music where when you learn when you find out about a new scale a new melody you want to try out a new technique make a dumb little song it's not gonna make you millions but it will be a reason if you're trying to learn how to slap or tap are you trying to learn something you know uh, in a Locrian mode okay Just make a dumb song. Have some fun. And that's what I say about getting your mind around Excel. Play with stuff. Play with it. Don't be scared of it.
0: That's a great answer. I love that. You're the man. You're the man. (laughs) I love it. Awesome. Now, what's one function that you always use when you're doing all these data analysis? One function. Your favorite function.
1: My favorite function?
0: I'm trying not to say VLOOKUP. Don't say VLOOKUP.
1: That's it? Yeah. That's it? <laughs> That's it? Yeah, VLOOKUP. I understand all of the concerns around it being memory intensive. I get that. But when you've got to compare some lists, when you've got to pull data from somewhere else and bring it in and get things matched up. I had a client contact me. They had s- sent Two people over two days off of their regular job, compare and compile a master list from some other lists. They weren't even a quarter through the project, two people over two days. I turned it around in 45 minutes because I had VLOOKUP available to
0: me. You could analyze the situation, couldn't you? You could say, okay, in this scenario, VLOOKUP works and I can make it work. yes,
1: yes. yes. And, you know, to the point about it me being memory intensive, it's more of an issue of we got to compile this list and then you copy, paste its values, VLOOKUP's gone, the client has their master list that they wanted.
0: Cool stuff, cool stuff. All right, Excel add-ins, they're useful, they're everywhere. i use them. What's one that you use constantly, or one that helps you out on your day-to-day activities? Right now, Depending on
1: what version of Excel is Power Query. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's officially an add-in. Um yeah. in the 2016 preview of Excel, Power Query is in the data part of the ribbon now. Mm-hmm. But that's got to be the add-in that I use the most. When I saw Power Query and what could be done, man, I just used a Power Query solution. Hour of Ken helping me get that set up saved a month of VBA coding.
0: That's what it's useful, isn't it? Yes, it's getting rid of all that VBA code and and using Power Query to clean up your data at the press of a button over and over again and over again.
1: Yes, yes, and being able to have those queries saved and pushing a refresh button. You know, and having everything update, man, Power Query is is just the greatest thing, and it hurts my heart when I find out I'm dealing with somebody that's got Excel 2007. Yeah. Okay, now we got to write all this VBA code and manage scenarios and what if that and what if this and Lord,
0: I think that's going to be the end of the VBA gurus, yeah?
1: No, because there are still things that need to be done via VBA. You know, I build a lot of forms, you know, and one way to have input storage output is if you can have a form to input data and VBA that can unprotect everything, move the data from the form to the next empty place in the storage sheet, protect everything back, clear the form, have the user ready to input the next item. So that's done via VBA, but a lot of cleanup. Yeah, the Power Query, huge hill,
0: huge hill. Cool, cool. All right, now you got a cool blog. I like it. Now, what's another blog out there that you always refer to whenever you're in trouble uh, or one that's helped you along the way over the years?
1: Definitely Chandu's blog.
0: Yeah, right on, buddy. I'll learn from him. i learn from Chandu. Yep.
1: yep. And uh, Deborah's blog, Contextures.
0: Yeah, Contextures. Deborah's yes. great.
1: Yes, very helpful. Those are, are just a couple out of many. Yep. And then Mike Gervin's YouTube channel. Woo. Oh, man.
0: He doesn't stop. He's a machine, isn't he?
1: Yes, he is. Yes, he's a machine. He's a good guy. They're nice not voice. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And, and I like that he does give us stories around Excel and not just, you know, uh, tips. You know, one thing is I've started a channel where I'm calling it Excel Underground because cool. a friend asked nice. me about is Excel for the common man? And, that really struck me in a lot of ways is like all these people feeling left out. They're not talked to when somebody is showing you how to make a look up look left. OK, there's, there are ways to do that. But then a common person isn't didn't, didn't thinking that way and they don't have a context. And so I started thinking more about non-business, fun ways of using Excel. And um, I had that friend uh, be part of a video I did about my kid's birthday party. And um, it was a fun one where the story was, I had a birthday party for my son and his friends came and wrecked the place. Now I want to bill the parents for it. (laughs) But it's the thought process of the bill comes out to $77 per child for all the damage. But some people had two or three children there. So now how can I get Excel to help me generate bills so that this person had one kid, they get billed $77. This person had three, they get billed 77 times three. Pivot table stuff, easy, but it's just got to be set up right. And that's what's happening in Excel underground is more story and more fun and more common man stuff
0: and that's going to be a youtube channel correct
1: yeah there's already a few videos there the birthday party is one the cussing calculator is another one
0: awesome i can't wait for it buddy i'm gonna i want to subscribe and get my hands dirty good stuff all right now final question what's one excel book that you love apart from your book which is awesome man expert you're writing what's one book that you could recommend to our listeners
1: okay um there's many books there eh? Yes, there are many. There are many. Man, okay, I am going to say Tables by Zach Barisi and Kevin Jones. Tables.
0: Cool answer. I love that book. As he said, only 1% of the Excel users use tables. The rest don't know it, and it's easy, and I use it all the time. Even if I have three rows of data, I use it just to make it looked pretty because of the design, the style. Then you've got structured referencing, and then you've got dynamic formulas. You got everything. You got you got the rows that sum up the whole column. Man,
1: yes. When I found out about tables, my whole life changed my, the way that I developed. And then yeah. I felt ashamed of some dashboards that I had made because they got so many of these these formulas in it. Because I didn't know what this table icon was. Yeah, tables help you keep everything tied together.
0: And a good data analyst has to use Excel tables.
1: Has to. Has to. You know, just from, even if you aren't using the automatic formula fill, even if you aren't using that, just if you have a data set that's driving a pivot table, you can add new data and just refresh the pivot table instead of going in and changing the reference or remaking the pivot table.
0: Exactly. There's an yeah. infinite number of, of users, man, and more people should use it. And the book is out. The name of this book is Excel Tables, A Complete Guide, Lists and Tables by Zach Barisi and mm-hmm. Kevin Jones.
1: Yes, 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 yes. A
0: yeah. must-have for any data analyst.
1: Oh, man, my sister. She said she doesn't do much hardcore analysis, but she might have to make drop-down lists. And as soon as she's made the list, somebody comes and says, we got to add these two or three more. Well, if the drop-down is being fed by something in a table, just add them.
0: Correct. Correct, man. And I use that all the time. The first trick I learned when I started learning Excel was data validation. Yes. And now with tables that can become dynamic because you put a, um, a named formula as your table. So all you got to do is just extend the table, add in another name and it gets automatically updated onto your table. And I'll do a lot of work for my wife for her data analysis. Now she's a quality assurance auditor all day. She's using tables. She's using tables every day, and I'm always helping her updating the lists and data cleansing, And um, but she's not a data analyst, but she's using it every day. She is a quality assurance auditor. She goes in and audits um, pharmaceutical companies, right. but is using Excel tables every day.
1: Yep, and that, you know, and if we were to rewind and go back to my favorite tip is... Throw your shit in the
0: table. (laughs)
1: You get some data, throw that shit in the table.
0: That's it. (laughs) Even if it's three rows long, man, or one column wide, man, definitely use it. All right, good stuff. Fantastic. All right, so you can find the links to this book and everything we've been chatting about today, including tutorials on Oz's favorite shortcuts and tips by visiting mikestallonline.com/slash podcast. All right, good stuff, Oz. We are right at the end of the show, buddy. All right. This has been fun. This has been cool. Yeah. All right, I've got a weird Excel scenario for you. All right, let's say it's my first time ever seeing Excel. So I'm a beginner and I need to learn the most important features of Excel within a week because I've got an important job interview. Now, with all your knowledge that you know and all the resources online or offline, what would be the quickest way for me to start Learning Excel.
1: This is a tricky question, and it comes to me a lot. My first and easier answer would be guerrilla data analysis, because it's like the buffet table for Excel. But here's what's hard about that question: you don't know what's gonna be there when you show up at that job. Yep. That's the problem. That's when somebody said, "Oz, I'm trying to change careers." I need to learn Excel. Okay, well, I'll tell you, my first five years of Excel was data cleansing. I had no use for a pie chart, bar graph. I was cleaning data. And then you've got other people who don't know a doggone thing about cleaning data, but they're using the standard deviation and all of that stuff. So that's what makes it hard. And that's where, when I do a workshop, particularly a private workshop, what are your people dealing with? Then I'll find out like at one nonprofit, we need to get ourselves together with layout. They thought they wanted to learn about all the newest and greatest. And I was prepared to do that. But then when I get their data, they need layout. So that's the hard part about that question because Excel is so big. And another thing, When I showed up as a commissions analyst, I inherited this spreadsheet that had all these crazy formulas in it. Now I'm doing forensics on somebody else's formulas. Mm -hmm. So that's what makes it hard with a vague question like, I need to learn Excel.
0: Yeah, but to start, I think you have to read your book, Guerrilla Data Analysis, because that's a buffet, as you said, and they need that buffet and they need a confidence. And one thing is, it's having that confidence. When someone asks you in that interview, do you know how to do a drop-down menu? And if you can say, yes, this is how I do it and this is how I do it, do you know how to insert a pivot table and refresh it? If you can have an answer for that, if you're confident enough, if you know a little bit about every different feature within Excel, you'll get that job. Mm-hmm. And your book explains those features that each new or intermediate Excel user that's going for that job interview needs to learn and needs to know.
1: I would agree with you there. And that was part of the joy of writing the, was, you know, providing that buffet table. Yeah. Within that longer answer, that that is still lurking in the background.
0: All right. <laughs> and that's <laughs> the
1: scary part.
0: Good stuff. All right. Now, The second part of that question is, what's the best Excel feature that they should focus on? But I think we touched upon that and we said Excel tables. Do you have anything else there?
1: I would say pivot tables and understanding how your data needs to be set up to use a pivot table. That's a big
0: thing. So putting your data into a tabular format, as we said before don't have columns that are called January, February, March. Have one column called month and then all the months in their subsequent rows. um, Yep,
1: yep, exactly. Just so it would be this two-part, yep, learning pivot tables and what it takes to get your data into a pivot table.
0: Good stuff. All right, buddy. Now, final question. I heard that you've got a new book coming out or you're writing a new book yep. tell our listeners take us into your
1: studio and your notes all right what are you writing about it's called full contact data management and this is really you know all ours because your know, guerrilla data analysis that was a revision of, of bill's book but full contact data analysis i am bringing new analysts into the world of what it takes to be really good. And it also provides a perspective for Excel as a tool. So I get into things like you got to have some backbone. People are going to question the hell out of your data. They have something at stake. Their branch might close because of your data. And you can't take it personally. You can't hide from it. You can't try to do some trickery. But as a good analyst, you cannot only just take data, run it through some stuff, show them some pretty bar graphs and then get upset and say, Are you sure? Are you sure that's right? I don't know. Well, did you consider what happened in this last week and the blah blah? Yeah, I considered all that. But you can't take that personally. You have to dig and probe and pick and cajole. Is part of being a good analyst with Excel as a tool. So the book does focus more on data cleansing and data quality. Right? I'm trying to get people to think when you get data, what's the quality? Throw it in a pivot table. See if there's weird stuff. If it's supposed to have countries, but then you see the word bananas in a country field. But you're not gonna see it by scrolling your eye up the raw data. You get this raw data, you put it in a pivot table, you can see bananas. Where where the hell did bananas come from? Okay, now you got a data problem, data quality problem. This is the kind of thing that I want new analysts to start thinking about. And I think full contact because I wanted to bring that passion of when I used to wrestle, when I used to fence. You know how I think when I deal with a new client's challenge is I feel like when I put that fencing mask on or when I hear my weight class called over the PA and it's time for me to go step to the edge of the mat, there's that confidence that I am prepared. I haven't seen this opponent before and somebody's gonna win and somebody's gonna lose. So That's where I'm coming from with the full contact data management, because this isn't a world of standalone tips like learning. Here is how you parry. Well, you know, your opponent isn't going to say, show me how you parry. They're going to be doing some shit to you that you got to react to. And that's full contact data management. Okay, I got the data. I've done the VLOOKUP. Now people are questioning it. I'm getting embarrassed. Then they find out that my VLOOKUP was wrong. Okay, you got to move and you got to stick and you got to you know plan and, and adjust. And that's full contact data management is that full world of being an analyst and what it takes to be good at it. And there are technical aspects of how to get Excel to cooperate with you as being your six-shooter in the Wild West, or it's that horse, or it's the hat that blocks the sun off of you. That's what Excel is in full contact data management.
0: You have some fantastic (laughs) analogies, man. I love it. This is going to be an awesome book, man. And what kind of chapters, what kind of a few... Topics or features that you're going to touch upon?
1: One thing is characteristics of being a good analyst. And number one is give a damn.
0: Give a damn.
1: Yes, because when the data is wrong, you have to give a damn to get up off your ass and go find out where did this come from? You don't do that if you're somebody just collecting a check. I will talk about the power of working with data dumps because there is a section where I talk about there's reality out there somewhere. And then you want data. Well, it's got to be collected and you have definitions and you have calculations. And by the time you have this report, there are summaries that have their strengths and weaknesses. A new analyst has to understand that. And When you find out that there is problems in the report, if you can work with a data dump, you got power, true power, because you are no longer beholden to somebody fixing the report and then sending you back the report. You can say, God damn it. Can I just have a data dump? Just give it to me, all of it. I'll clean it out. <laughs> yeah, because it's constant thing. You know, when we talk the tension between the business and I.T., it takes time to rewrite reports. And then a lot of times people don't know in a report It's just the thing that they've ran and distributed for the past three years. And then something happens that says this does not look right. Who knows? Now you got to find the person that that wrote the report 3 years ago maybe. Um but that that's the world of being a good analyst that gives a damn, that gets up off their ass, that asks questions, gets to the bottom of things. It's about getting stuff done. Yeah. And there's so much that can get done with native Excel. And you know, one other reason for me adding Very simple VBA example in full contact data analysis was when I was working and learning Excel and I kept hearing about this VBA, but nobody around me knew VBA. I knew some people who could record a macro, but that's all they could do. They couldn't go in and figure out how to edit that, you know, when it says scroll 14, you know, they didn't know about taking that stuff out. But then when I'd look at VBA books, there'd be these big thick things with examples that were like, here's how you put a button in. Well, no, in my book, I say we're going to build a form and we're going to put a button in. And behind that button is a submit button. But we also want to guard against Submitting incomplete data. So let's add some checks to see if all of our fields are complete. And if so, then the submit will submit. And I'm hoping that it would help somebody who had the questions I've had of what is VBA? Can it help me? Where the hell is it? Because now you down the path of the developer tab is not open when you first open Excel. So. That's all I wanted to do in full contact data management, that simple introduction. But really, it's all of that stuff that can cause you to fail no matter how good you are with Excel. You know, people start questioning your numbers and then you say, oh, forget them. Forget them. Yeah, my numbers are right. But who are they to be asking me questions about my numbers? Well, no, that's that
0: don't work. Mate, you learn something new every day with Excel. You learn something new every day with Excel. And I think your book is going to have some, some pretty cool tips in there for people to learn. And, and I know that I'm going to learn something new because like I had from, from this book here, you always pick up something new every day. And that's the wonderful thing. You don't get bored with Excel. The minute you get bored, you know what happens? You get divorced. Yeah. <laughs> right that's right not so, a good place to be no so that's why microsoft is bringing all these new power query and power maps to make people stay in love with excel and we are going to be in love all right oz what's the best way for our listeners to connect with you my friend
1: yes at my website datascopic.net that's the best way also, you can contact me through comments in my YouTube channel that um, you can find um, at my website as well. Yeah, and, and uh, Gmail, that's oz onedepot at gmail.com. So, those are the best ways.
0: And also, where can they go to see you play the bass?
1: I haven't played in a while. I'm getting back to that. Oh, man. I'm back to it.
0: You gotta get back yeah, in the music. I-
1: Yes, I do. I got to Portland last August and I'm getting to a place to where I can start to carve out some time away from work and uh, see about getting in another band.
0: Awesome, awesome. Oz, thank you very much, mate. It's been a pleasure speaking with you and man i know that a lot of data analysts are gonna take lots of value out of this interview i know i have man and i appreciate it and good luck with with your book i know you're gonna have lots of success with it and i want to have you back on the show in the future that's for All sure right.
1: thanks this has been great yeah and i would love to come back on with this this has really been great now i hope that it does make a difference for some people
0: hopefully too mate cheers appreciate it right we hope you enjoyed this episode of the My Excel Online podcast. Be sure to subscribe and share this with your colleagues so they can reach their full Excel potential. You can also visit myexcelonline.com podcast for show notes as well as John's online Excel courses and free tutorials to help you stand
1: out from the crowd. Until next time, keep excelling.